John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Cinephile's new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game, Marvel Strike Force. Now, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I've been reading comic books since I was five years old, and this is like a comic book fan's dream come true. You could create a mobile squad and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap, or even my favorite Marvel character of all time, Daredevil. Your goal is to power up those characters, unlock gear, and use them to compete in player versus player mode, alliance mode, and real-time arena. Yes, Stephen, as we speak, they are enjoying their six-year anniversary. Six years, wow. And you know what that means? Free stuff just for signing up via their unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Completing every single mission throughout the entire anniversary will result in an even more special reward. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Hello, Cinephiles fans, and welcome to this special watch-along of Rocky Three in honor of the late, great Carl Weathers. And we are making this available for everybody. You know, Steve and I, every once in a while, a certain thing happens that we're going to do for the patrons, and we decide, you know what? We should put these out for everybody so that everybody can enjoy it. And maybe some of you who have maybe been hesitant or not sure about what the perks you would get for being a patron, get a sample of what we do here for our patrons and might want to come aboard, uh, depending on the tier that it's out there that works for you financially. And, you know, so we have all these movies that we want to do and some films, they're going to get the full cinephiles treatment and some other films we really love or are really interested in. And we use these watch alongs as an opportunity to talk about a different kind of film. And frankly, when Carl Weathers tragically passed away, John and I immediately went, we got to talk about Rocky three and we just had an absolutely fantastic conversation about this movie because we love this movie. Rocky three is a fantastic film. Absolutely. Both of us love this movie and we had a great conversation as Steve said. So sit back, relax, enjoy our conversation and our watch along here of Rocky three and to our patrons. Thanks so much for supporting us and to all of you uh, who are listening to us. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us and supporting our show over the years and enjoy this watch along. Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to our watch along here for the cinephiles. And today, um, we are going to be diving in to Rocky Three. I am one of your co-hosts. I am the Outlaw Joe Ronka, joined as always by Steve Morris. Steve, how are you? How are things? <laughs> Listen, 
I love Mr. T. I love yeah. Mr. T in this movie. And I and I love, love, love the great Carl Weathers, who we really sadly and shockingly lost recently. Yeah. And John and I were texting, as we often do, of like how best to honor this person. And at first we were talking about Rocky too, And then I think both you and I simultaneously went, mm-hmm. oh, no. He's way more active in Rocky Three. Yeah. And I'm very excited to talk about this film today. Yeah, we're excited as well. You know, I am still because the uh, league went out of out of business. I am the last uh, reigning and defending uh, Rocky champion in the Schmodown. I won the uh, belt uh, there from Christian Harloff years ago and never had to defend it because of COVID and other reasons. So I carry the belt with me because I'm a massive Rocky franchise fan. And of course, Carl Weathers, as you said, Steve. I mean, Apollo Creed's such a massive part of the Rocky. But I mean, I really don't think this film, the original film, is a success without Carl Weathers and certainly Sylvester Stallone and his um, numerous interviews that he did after the passing of Carl Weathers, which happened to correspond with him going on his press tour to promote season two of his reality show. It gave him an opportunity to really come forward and speak more about Carl Weathers' contribution to the original Rocky film and to the series as as a whole. So I'm very excited that we're diving into this one because this is the transition one, Rocky Three. This is Apollo Creed no longer being a boxer. This is Apollo Creed becoming a trainer here in this movie. What a genius decision Steve, to turn your main rival, the guy who helped you get to the position that you got to by picking you out of nowhere to give back to him by having him train you in this fight against Mr. T and bringing in someone like Mr. T, who is so intimidating and huge at the time in terms of his popularity, you bring you get someone like uh, Apollo Creed to come in and train you differently. Uh, And it's a fascinating film about exploring uh, getting out of your comfort zone and confronting your own fears of failure uh, when you're trying to achieve something. I think in making a good movie, you have to get a lot of stuff right. And I th- yeah. think in making a great movie, you have to get everything right or just about everything right. right. And would we have been talking about Rocky today without Carl Weathers? I really don't know. Yeah, I don't think I, so. I'm, I mean, there's, you know, Tali Shire is great. Mickey sure. is great. Bert. Bert Young is great. Like, there are all sorts of people that are great in the film. But I think the particular personality of Carl Weathers mm. in comparison to Rocky Balboa, and and also it's 76, and obviously Muhammad Ali is, we're coming, you know, it's still really the Muhammad Ali era. Yeah. And what he does, the charisma that he brings, and and, I'll, and I, there's, uh, there's so many things I think about him. Mm. One is, is that I think he, there is an argument that he is uh, among the best, if not the best professional athlete turned actor we have oh yeah i think you can absolutely make that case for sure yeah he used to play for the um uh the los angeles raiders yeah exactly no sir no oakland. sir sorry oakland, oakland. how dare you listen they've jumped seven cities so i, I, know, I you know it's hard to keep track they're in vegas now for god but when i was a child that was the oakland and he played i mean he played under john madden i mean was he was he a, a superstar football player no he was not but he was a professional athlete and i think what he does I actually think it's unique in cinema. I mean, we're only we're 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 five five six years after in the heat of the night, and guess who's coming to dinner? Right. You know, and so this character is so aggressive and so confident, and it's so clear in Rocky that he is in charge. Yeah. That he is he is not just the great athlete, but he is the strategist. He is the marketer. He is handling the brand of Apollo Creed, and I can't imagine there's nobody that could have played that role like Carl Weathers. 
Yeah, agreed. And and uh, Sylvester Stallone has said this recently in numerous interviews that they couldn't find anybody to play this role. They were down to their last people. Carl was called like at the last minute to come in. He had barely read the script. He really was kind of insulted that they uh, uh, called him in this late to read for it. He came in and he had just a natural ability to understand who this guy was, being an athlete himself, being a black athlete himself, understanding how you have to carry yourself at that time in terms of being able to state your case and state your position, coming out of the civil rights movement, seeing black people in the 70s starting to embrace their power more and more as we go into the 80s and 90s and what have you. So he knew exactly how to bring that strength to this character. And I also think Steve... To the credit of Sylvester Stallone in both Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 in the script, he fleshes out Apollo so much in Rocky 2, which, you know, it's not the it's not the greatest movie. It's certainly a good movie you enjoyed in the Rocky series. But like having these other um, things that Apollo's confronting, as you mentioned, he is talking with uh, with um, uh, uh, Tony. Is it Tony Duke? I, think, I forget the actor's name who plays duke but his his guy there he's like you know he's telling him you got to get me balboa i need balboa again he's, like, he's all wrong for you baby great i don't care what you said I, i'll be the villain do whatever i need to do and you see the progression you see his own wife confront him like you know hey can't you just put this stuff down stop reading the negative stuff and he's like are you serious and he throws it all in the air so you see that this is a guy that has his own life and sylvester Stallone smartly gave this guy his own life and i think in in um how can I say in deepening the character, then we as fans of the film of the series were able to connect to Apollo on a human level. And when Apollo hands him the belt at the end of Rocky Two and says, "You're a great champ, you deserve it," you know he's essentially passing the torch. So when he shows up here in Rocky Three to save Rocky, it's because we've had this time with him in these first two movies, and he's become a three dimensional human being for us as a character that we go along on this ride and we cheer both of them as they go along on this ride. I think it's such a perfect contrast to Rocky because Apollo is a brilliant, passionate, flawed, intense, hmm. self-critical, obsessive person. And it's we see that in Rocky too. Yeah. We see, and it's so funny because Rocky's the guy who won't quit. Rocky's the guy who right. he's not necessarily that smart. He's, his technique isn't necessarily that good, but he's just going to keep going. He's got yeah. guts. Apollo is this flame of a yeah. you know he's a burning fire of passionate intensity you know and and it was so fun and what what's now i don't love rocky four as much as you do but i think they they take that character yeah. to a place where oh he can't let go of this thing right you know? right, that, that, right that that's part of part of his nature is he can't let go yeah and, and this is the thing and this goes to ali and all sorts of other athletes and all sorts of other people of the inability to let go is the part of what made you great you know, yeah, yeah and it's yeah. just quitting at the right time. But by, by the way, I just want to go back to his to the casting because I literally, as uh, Fresh Air does, when just they, they replay their old interviews. So they played some of their old interviews with uh, Carl Weathers. Here's oh. the story he told. He came in to do the reading, yeah, uh, and was reading with you know, as an actor, you you don't know who you're going to read with, and it could be some casting assistant or someone yeah. who's reading on the other side. And he really was thrown by this person because they just weren't a very good actor. And he was, uh, you know, upset about it. And he didn't really know how he felt. And he's talking to the producer after, found out that he had done well. And he's like, yeah, I don't know who that was you had me reading with, but that was no good. And they're like, that was Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> 
That's perfect. That is so perfect. So perfect. Um, all right. Well, uh, I don't think there's much more to say uh, that you all who are big Rocky fans, who I imagine are listening to this, uh, haven't already researched on Rocky. But um, this is one of my favorites. And uh, as Steve said earlier, one of his favorites as well. So we're going to have a really good time uh, talking this uh, or uh, watching this uh, um, uh, movie here. And we will talk through the movie, so just let you know it's not going to be us silent for an hour or whatever long it is. We're going to talk through the whole movie, so if that bothers you, we apologize ahead of time. But we're looking forward to having this conversation and rewatching. Well, well, if our voices really bother you, you should probably just watch the movie. I, it's, like, it's real easy. <laughs> I know. I'm being overt. Uh, anyway, let's get it going. All right, we're going to start this thing. We're going to count it down. Um, and we're starting. It's an hour and 39 minutes and 18 seconds, I think. So uh, we're going to start and we'll count it down. Three. Two, one, go. I so did you see this in the theater? By the way, yes, yes, me too. Saw it with my family, um, and really was excited. This is again, this is at that time where I was still going to see films with my family, and so I just remember this being such a huge deal because I was a big fan of Mr. T because I remember watching him in those bouncer contest that they had on nbc oh i i i don't think i'd ever seen him before this oh really oh yeah 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 Yeah, for me rocky i obviously talked about a lot and i loved and then rocky rocky 2 both rocky and rocky 2 played a lot on showtime or whatever Mm. i'd seen them over and over again right so going to see this and this is 82 so i'm just starting high school yeah oh couldn't wait yeah agreed Oh man, this and what do you think of this technique? Because this is the second time they're doing this. So, what do you think of this technique and this decision to bring you back to the last few minutes of the previous fight from the previous movie? Like, do you think this was so smart by Stallone and the uh, people, inv- the producers involved, with the Rocky franchise to kind of like previously on Rocky kind of thing? <laughs> so it's funny because I literally was going to ask you the same question. Yeah, I really like it. I, th- I rewatched Rocky two before this. Oh, nice. And they, they, they do like five minutes of the fight i yes. think you do yeah. too much in rocky 2 i think this is perfect because you go right into the most dramatic moment yeah um and and this is one of the things rocky does so well is to be right on the edge of ridiculous yes, yes. and yet not cross it until you get to rocky 4 and then eventually you cross How over you? into ridiculous How dare you we stopped the cold war for god's sake but listen, this, <laughs> this is this is so great I, I remember watching this scene as a kid and just screaming because i watched it on tv on cbs because uh, we hadn't gotten and this is one that i wasn't you know at that age to be able to go to theater and see it and i just remember just losing my mind at, at this moment here in in rocky 2 and so seeing them started off this way and you know by the time this one comes out you know, I'm, a, I'm like a teenager or just becoming a, a, a teenager. And so there's a certain connection I have here, right? Um, and it's, again, see that scene, that's so smart, them hugging and him giving yeah. him the belt, like essentially blessing him, you know? And so, and Apollo gave all he could. You just didn't, you couldn't have that extra second. And this is beautiful. And um, when I won the Schmodown title the second time, the singles title, I did this at the table, which you guys can watch on the YouTube channel over there. Uh, the Schmodown stuff in, in dedication to the Lady Outlaw because um, she uh-huh. had been so incredible in getting me focused on playing Bibiani. So I did that. I lifted the belt up and said, yo, baby, I did it. So, yeah. So the, so Rocky's in my blood, basically. So that's what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, and Eye of the Tiger, Steve. Talk to me about the first tiger. time you heard Eye of the Tiger, man. I, I, it is what's so funny. I remember. I think it was I was learning a little bit of guitar and found out this is among the simplest songs in the history <laughs> of simple songs, and and like it's just. It's so, it also, you know what else is perfect about it? Yeah. I, the tiger moves us into the eighties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now it's an eighties movie because it's such a perfect seventies movie and Rocky two's on the border. And now it's like, no, this is the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that this montage is great because it's fooling. It's lying to you just like it's lying to Rocky because we're going, he is great. He is the greatest boxer ever, you know, because we're watching him win all these fights. Yeah, and, and watching the recent documentary, which you spoke about on a short, um, you know, together you and I talking mm-hmm. about Sly, um, there's a lot of his own experiences in his life that he weaves into Rocky and weaves into his movies. And here we go right off the bat. We're see- First of all, this is an incredible body that Stallone has for yeah. Rocky Three. that's completely different from Rocky Two. so much more chiseled and tighter. Uh, but he is, uh, you know, you were seeing the two storylines playing out along with his storyline, these other storylines with Mr. T watching him and being like, this guy shouldn't be champion. I know I can beat him. There's always someone who's coming up behind you who wants to take what you got. And then Paulie, who is jealous of what mm-hmm. Rocky is doing because Paulie never pursued his dreams. Paulie never accomplished the things he wanted to accomplish. And he felt that uh, he was being overshadowed by a guy that he was originally had more power over when their relation right. when we see their relationship in the first Rocky movie. So I like that they're la- and look. There's no 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 languages being spoken yep. to give us this um, these storylines. We're just sensing it from what they're presenting to us here, it's, which is great. You know? Yeah. Well, and and we gotta say, I mean, the look of Mr. T Jesus in 1982. Christ. Yeah. We no, we've never seen anything like this. This I is pre Mike Tyson. This is pre yeah. Mike Tyson. I, and just him ter- getting up and walking out of the fight as we get his introduction and now watching him just destroy these people. And I love that's a great cut to Mickey that Mickey is that Mickey is aware of that. Yeah. And this is this is perfect montage because we see exactly the difference between these people. Yeah. As this is, you know, he's sitting there at birthday parties. Mickey knows there's this guy out there and Rocky has no idea. Right. And, and, and you're seeing the hunger of Mr. T. Right. And this is the to juxtapose the hunger that Rocky had. Yep. He was younger. So where that's going to become a storyline, of course, that culminates with him and Mickey having that scene that we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, and you see the montage. And this is a perfect 80s moment, right? You got the Muppet Show. You've got the certain brands that became yep. big in the 80s. You know, him getting autographs, all the stuff that we're seeing here. And smartly, there, Stallone is juxtaposing, you know, T doing a lifting, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, doing pull-ups with off rope, off wood, you know, mm-hmm. and, and doing all running in the streets, you know, this is all a big deal of well, boxers, you know? Well, and it's like, you know, eye of the tiger starts and we think it's about Rocky Balboa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then what we, as we, we realize, as we're watching the montage is no, the person with the eye of the tiger, the person with the will is clubber Lang. Yes. And yeah, that this point. is the thing that Rocky has lost. We also should point out by the way, yeah. that Sylvester Stallone directed this movie. Yes, he did. Absolutely. He directed, Two, three, four, and I think f- five, and and then no, not five. I'm sorry, six, because five was when Alvinson came back. So yeah, I, I made a statement at some point in the history of the cinephiles. Maybe when we talked about Rocky, maybe when we talked about Rocky Four, and I'm not sure if I believe my statement, but t- today is going to be the test for it. Which is my statement was: I think that Mr. T deserved a supporting actor nomination for this performance. 
and I and I and I can tell you who he was up against. Okay, please, yes, please. Here's so uh, the winner was Lou Gossett Jr. for Officer and Gentleman. That's a good movie. But there's all, I, I already think that I I believe my point because the next one on the list is Charles Durning for the best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> John Lithgow for Walter Coney Garp, where he's excellent. Yeah. James Mason for the verdict, also ask excellent, and Robert Preston for Victor Victoria. Yeah. I, I'm kicking Charles Durning out. Love Charles Durning, but Mr. T, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I also think, you know, again, this is Academy. And yes, you've got Lou Gossett Jr., but what what is Lou Gossett Jr. playing? He's playing a military black man, right? right? This is a black man from the streets who is wanting to destroy the hero yeah. of the film. And I think there was a lot. Now you could argue. We don't see Clubber like have these moments of reflection or Clubber having these these periods where he's having conversations with himself. Can I beat Rocky? There's none of that. But right. it's such a magnetic presence and yeah. such a believable performance from a guy who was a bouncer, by the way, right. that it deserves much more recognition. Yeah. By the way, this is great stuff with Polly. I love that Stallone goes, no, no, we're going to focus. We're not going to focus on Rocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to focus on Polly for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and this is how you keep actors happy. You give them um, story. You give them storylines that are full of complexity, right? I mean, this is a daring thing. You take one of the guys who people really love from the first two—well, not the first movie, I imagine, but the second movie—and you have this uh, thing where he's getting jealous and he's getting drunk and yep. he's angry at Rocky, you know. And again, this is Stallone probably talking about people in his life who he grew up with or he was friends with. And then when he became Rocky and became Rocky Balboa and became a success, there were probably a lot of people that came around and were super jealous of the success he had, you know? I mean, it's part, I mean, being in an industry where some people get crazy success. Yeah. Overnight. Get jealous. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get jealous. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. God, Bird Young's so good. I did want, okay. We'll, we'll hit this scene and then. Yeah, let me ask you about the sound design here, Steve, because even at the beginning when we're seeing the montage, there's like these roars of a lion and yeah. these big hits and these loud sounds. And even here, there's like that when he throws. Definitely, the yeah. It is yeah. definitely subjective. We've run out of objective sound. I thought it was really, really well done. Mm. And look at look at how he's dressed. Like Stallone, like, and I always said this before, but like he gets prettier and more ripped and the fights yeah. get longer as the, as the movies go on. <laughs> I mean, that with the suit, oh, it's funny because we just did Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. And that is close to like a Goodfellas suit he's got True. on. True. Yeah. But Polly's that Philadelphia element you need in this in these movies, right? I mean, he's he's a guy that's still kind of like connected to the old neighborhood. Yeah. I love it. I'll sweat you. <laughs> Excellent. I 
I think the award for the most lovable asshole in film. Oh yeah. Is it's I mean he's he's in the nominations, there's no question. Because there's almost nothing that he does that is positive in mm-hmm. at all, but you but you still care about him. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know he's just a wounded animal. Yeah. Who is lashing out. And he's been doing this the whole series, right? Like yeah. In the first film, it's like, help me out. Take my sister out. Help me out. In the second film, it's like, get me in with Gazo. Get me a job with Gazo. Get me a job with Gazo. Now here, he's like, you know, what'd you do for me? You did all this stuff. What about me? And it's like, what have you ever done, Paul? What what am I supposed to do for you? Yeah. Friends don't know. Damn. I love that reaction. This is rough. <laughs> Bert Young is scary himself. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's a good setup too. Cause like you're not a loser and you're like, Oh, he's going to say something nice. <laughs> you're just jealous, lazy, Bum. Yeah. <laughs> when well, I wonder too, when Stallone hit, I'm sure he had his friends. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Happens to everybody, man. As soon as you get a little bit of success, I mean, again, I go back to the Schmodown. I don't know how many people would go to Krishna and complain to him. Why are you focusing on him so much? You should need focus on my matches, focus on my stuff. This is sweet. Sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. I'll take this out. Do you want me to take my comment out? No, no, no. Leave it in. Okay. We're talking. All right. What's the time code? Um. Oh, on the recording. Uh, 22, like 50, 2245, something like that. Yeah, they found a way to weave Take It Back into the movie by having it be in that moment. Nice. Now, here we go. Okay. I, I, I'm just going to sit back, I think, and let you... <laughs> because I feel like as much as I love this scene, this scene has got to be even bigger for you. No, you've got to chime in on this. I mean, this is this is massive because this comes out of nowhere, but this was happening because Muhammad Ali, as you said, Muhammad Ali wrestled a Japanese yeah. wrestler very famous Japanese wrestler in Japan. And I think in the States as well. Um, oh God, I forget his name. Inioki, something like that. And so there, this is based in some semblance of truth that this was happening before. Um, because there was this kind of feeling where wrestlers felt like boxers or boxers felt like wrestlers were, weren't real athletes. And so it was a whole thing. Um, and so, and this is before Hulk Hogan becomes Hulk Hogan. By right. The way. That's what I thought. Yeah. I is, think this is where I discovered him. Yeah. Yeah. 
He was a, he was a heel at this time called Silver Streak, and that was his name. He was being managed by Classy Freddie Blassie at this time, so he was a heel. So for him to go and do this, and by the way, he broke his contract with the WWE to go and be, do this, which really oh, wow. pissed off Vince McMahon's dad. It wasn't with Vince McMahon. This was it was I guess it was the WWF back then. That's what it was originally called before it was the WWF and then WWE. So this was under Vincent Vincent's dad, and so. He hated that Hogan went and did this uh, and broke the contract. But Hogan's like, this is an opportunity to be in Rocky. How can I resist? You know? Look at the size of this guy. It's just crazy. Well, and what's so funny is, A, w- watching this in the theater the first time, I have no idea what the hell is going to happen or oh, what yeah. the hell is going on. True. B, I love Burgess Meredith throughout this whole thing. Yeah. I'm just, what are you, what are you doing here, kid? Some of the most quotable lines. You know what else? I think this is true. And, and I, I have no evidence of this at all. Yeah. But Stallone's body, because he looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is so post-pumping iron and Arnold. You know what I right, mean? Right. Oh, no, that, totally. That had to have pushed him. Oh, totally. Yeah, right? Like the the ba- the trying to match each other yeah. all the time. And this guy is, um, oh, God, what's his name? He's an artist. He's the guy that is that, that paints the picture at the end with the two guys with the punches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I forget his name. I'm looking at the cast list right now to see if I can catch it. But, yeah, you must be very happy, I would think, about where wrestling has gone since this era. Oh yeah, I mean, even now with the um, purchase, yeah, Leroy Neiman. That's the guy's name. Oh, oh sure. I yeah. just heard him interviewed recently. He, I think he passed away. And yeah. it was the same thing I was saying before. Terry Gross playing an old interview. Mm-hmm. He is a fascinating guy. Yes. And Very apparently guy. despised by the art world. He <laughs> thought he was a hack. You could, you know, they, whatever, man. If you're successful, they all hate you, no matter what it is, man. Um, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is the rarity. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Well, because, because, I mean, wrestling now with the deal that Netflix just signed, they're going to be broadcasting Raw starting in January. They paid a 10-year – the 10-year contract is going to pay the WWE $500 billion, which is – Wait, $500 billion? Is that what I is that what is that is that what I said? $500 billion? Or that five is billion. Worst. Sorry, $5 billion. Sorry. I was five. like, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. What was I saying? $5 billion. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's what they're going to pay them um, over the course of the. So it, that's uh, over the ten year contract. Is how ten year five billion dollar contract, and of course all that stuff with Vince McMahon broke like days after they signed the contract. So Netflix has been having to kind of do a bit of a backtrack on it all. But wow. the the wrestling has just exploded, and Hogan is back. He's been he was he did the promo for the most recent um, uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, pay-per-view uh, and so that was held down in, in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida because Hogan's in Florida and they're celebrating 40 years of WrestleMania with the most recent release of the game that's coming out in March so Hogan is kind of back in the WWE doing these little things so this guy is eternal man like I said Hulkamania will reign forever and for sure wow. he has outlived so many of his contemporaries yeah. and uh, you know he was on the sauce and he did his thing but for whatever reason man he's been able to survive you know It's funny. The time that I watched wrestling was right after this. I watched it probably from 82 to 86 or Mm. something. Um, What's so funny about this scene is that it is this 
I love that it's in this realm of wrestling is real or because yeah. you couldn't because Rocky Balboa could not participate in this if he didn't yeah. know what was going on. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Right. Um, but I love the whole setup of, of oh. rock. See those, those sounds. I love the extra sounds. Yeah. Sorry, what you were saying, Steve? Set. I was just saying the whole setup of Rocky going like, we'll just dance around. I'll tap you a little bit. Is this okay? I love the whole setup into all of this. Yeah. And Stallone must have been having a ball. Oh, I'm sure. But I'm sure he also like got hurt by it all. You know, it's oh, like sure. Braga with, uh, what's his face? Dolph Lundgren punching him. Yeah. Same as an awesome. Well, that one. Yeah. Yeah. But in this that is- moment where you see Mickey's with the heart condition. Yeah. Yeah. I give you a little taste of the fact that something's wrong with Mickey's heart. Yeah. Yeah. But this is another way to really kind of establish Rocky, establish Stallone, right? He's like, I got my ass kicked, but I'm going to, you know, like cut the gloves off and I'm going to get back in there with my real fist and show you what's up. Well, and you have the Mickey sick. I mean, you know, movies are movies are very clear what they're telling you. And this is telling you Mickey's going to die, you know. By the way, this would never happen where he's attacking the police. Let me just make that really clear, okay? He would be in jail for this immediately. Um, and it, but it, you know, in in times past, wrestlers were very protected by the police in those towns, uh, right? Because fans would literally attack them and stab them. Wait for them outside arenas with uh, guns. Like this is in the seventies. It was bad. Seventies and eighties in some of those territories, it was really bad. Wrestlers were legitimately. Um, mm. You know, felt in danger for their lives. I didn't know anything about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. A lot of, yeah, like uh, Ric Flair, I think, has a story where he was stabbed going to the ring by an wow. old woman, like who was crazy. mad at him for being a, a heel, you know, so. Uh, coming in with the chair. Oh, you gotta <laughs> love it. That's some old school wrestling. Man. And the great turn. <laughs> One punch. <laughs> and he's out. But Hogan plays this so well, right? I mean, he plays it so well. <laughs> it's the show. And it's a good show. I yeah, no, this is very highly rated. <laughs> you know, and there were a few incidents where, you know, wrestlers, and it still happens nowadays, wrestlers were going on these talk shows in the 80s, and these talk show hosts were you know, making fun of them and questioning them or whatever you, and then they'd be like, they'd really put the moves on these guys. Richard Belzer is one of the most famous ones. Hogan, Hogan put, put him out and you can see the video. He choked him out. And wow. when, when Belzer falls backward, his head snaps off the floor. And so like, it was real. And then Andy Kaufman seeing things that were happening like that. Right. That's how he created his rivalry with Jerry Lawler that oh, we see in man on the moon. Him. Yeah, that was all built out of that. Have I ever um, told you that Richard Belzer owes me $5,000? <laughs> well, not anymore. Maybe <laughs> his estate does. Um, yeah. There was a professor at Cal who was buddies with him, mm. and they had acquired the rights to a comic book, which was this second comic book created after Siegel and Schuster made Superman, and it was oh, called yes. Funny Man, and they needed someone to turn it into an animated series, and so... This guy, professor, said, Steve, we will pay you $5,000 to develop this as an animated series. And I wrote the treatment and the first two episodes. And he said, the money's coming. 
and this went on for years. And of course, nothing ever came of it. So it's always been, I've never met, met Richard Belzer, but I've always <laughs> made the joke that, you know, he owed me five grand. Well, I love this gag that, you know, charity hurts and that it, we see that it was all an act when he's done. Yes. That's a, that's a fun yeah. gag. I agree. Well, we're establishing his connection with his son as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Would go on to be played by his actual son in Rocky Five, who sadly passed away. Um, so, but I love this. You were getting a, the domestic Rocky, right? Mm-hmm. In comparison, and you see what his life has become, and you see how far he's come, and all these things that he's doing. And remember, this is the same guy who was who couldn't in Rocky Two couldn't read a script for a commercial, yeah. and now he's talking about Wheaties and Champions and all the stuff that he's doing. <laughs> Thereby. So I love the the sort of someone without a large vocabulary gets a hold of a word <laughs> and then overuses it as yeah. a good classic gag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Talia Shire is beautiful in this movie too. Karen's dad took Karen to the track for her birthday. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I love the button. The, you know, as a screenwriter, Steve, you must admire some of these buttons on the scenes, right? Yeah. Now. We, had a, we had a problem in the seventh. Stallone's a good, I mean, Stallone is not a great writer, right. I would say overall, but yeah. he has written some great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I love that the, the marching band is playing the Rocky theme. Yeah. It's, it's a very meta thing, but I like it. Yeah, because it was never known that that was Rocky's theme in this universe. Like, when would they have ever created the Rocky theme? Well, right? But what's, fu- what's, what's funny about putting the statue up here and, yeah. and is that Rocky is a meta character. He is a hero of Philadelphia. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, that's all yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Still not from Philadelphia at all, but yes, yeah. a big hero there. He has come out many times in like at sporting events and like when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, he was one of these people like coming out and um, introducing the playoff games that were happening there in Philadelphia. So, you know, he has a very strong tie to that city. I wonder why he, I wonder why he said it there. Like, what, well, it's uh, a good the, question, I guess, because yeah. of the, the idea of freedom and it was set in July 4th. So true. the symbolism of it all, I guess, works. But yeah, the statues are there. Yeah. You can see the statues in Philly. I mean, I was born in Philly and I've never been back. I would love to go back and see all this kind of stuff. I haven't been there since I was a kid. Oh, well. Yeah. Definitely a thing of beauty. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've said that line in my life. So this, this is the way that Burgess delivered it. It stuck with me forever. So whenever I used to see something I really liked, I'd be like, definitely a thing of beauty. What what a what a great career! Like what a great kind of person, Burgess Meredith, to be able to do all the different kinds of things he did. Yeah, so cool. Gonna get to paper champion. You see, he's really humbled. He's really just yeah, you know, moved by it.
You know, you know what else is good about us doing uh, talking about Rocky right now yeah. is the next movie we're going to roll into is Raging Bull, mm. and the connection between Rocky and Jake LaMotta and Rocky and Raging Bull is important. You know. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's crazy talking about retiring when he just, in our minds, won the belt and we had the right. montage, but still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Mr. T. <laughs> this is John Roca's spirit animal in his 20s. Let me just tell you right now. <laughs> The little man. This is great writing. The best. He's not wrong. That's the no, crazy. He's totally right. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't know he was being taken care of, or maybe he knew but didn't want to admit it to himself. Well, Rocky's got to know that this is who this person is. I mean, he can't. He's no, but I'm saying when he finds out later, the setups. Right, right. He didn't know. He, I think he knew but didn't want to know. Do you know what I'm saying? It's really good setup. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. This is the line. Yeah. Oh, no. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to set off Rocky, you can I mean, go after Adrian for sure. It, it was, it's just uh, not defending Mr. T's behavior. <laughs> That is excellent. That is just an excellent scene. What I love too, it's like you said it at the most public, most emotional moment. He doesn't know what Mickey's been doing. Mickey turns his back on him. Then he goes after Adrian. I mean, this is a perfect setup. It is. It is. And, and Adrian trying to stop him. I have a feeling, which is unspoken here in the movie, that Adrian and Mickey kind of had an agreement. I think so. Care of Rocky, don't you think? Maybe, maybe never spoken, but like they both know what's going on. Right. And may and I, I would argue that maybe at some molecular level, Rocky knew too, but didn't want to face it because he liked being champion. He liked being a winner. Yeah. This is a guy who came from poor beginnings, poor start. Like feeling loved is something he never had in his life. Kill kill you to death is an amazing line. <laughs> Just another fight. It's a wrecking machine.
so good, these lines. It's so funny because I think Rocky to Rocky Three is a perfect example of the 70s to the 80s. Mm, yeah. Rocky is a fully 70s film. It's textural and meandering and character-based. And this is like but the beats, the plot is just set up, set up, set up and take them all down, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Mickey. Yeah. I mean, he's the, he's the father figure he never yeah. had. I hate getting civilized. I know outlaw. I hate it. I, you know, it's I was, true. I was always civilized. <laughs> yeah. And I envy people like you. I, you know, the lead outlaw is always telling me to enjoy being civilized, but I, I feel like I've lost my edge, man. My craziness, my electricity. And I'm very happy that I'm, you know, successful doing the things that I'm doing, but man, I, I would like to feel that fire again. So, I often have wished I had a little less civilization, I could <laughs> a little, little more, a little more outlaw in me, you know. Hello, that's why we work together. I think on this show so well. I think so too. I wish I wish Mick could say. Hey, I'm having heart attack. You know, I have a heart condition. I'm going to die. Right. But he's a proud man. He wouldn't yeah. tell if he was in pain. Well, and it's funny. This is the opposite scene from Mickey coming to him in Rocky one to, to beg him to let him train him. Well, yeah. And I would say the scene also has connections into the new Creed movie or the first Creed movie when oh, yeah. Rocky doesn't tell him he has cancer until like, you know, um, he goes to see the doctor and all that stuff. And, and and Creed calls him out. Oh yeah, here we go. We're gonna train. Yeah, at the uh, just how you should. The Bellevue Stratford Hotel, <laughs> and we're gonna sell tickets. This is like a, this is like a Rocky Con. This is what it's yeah, Rocky it totally is. Well, it, I mean, but you know, you you've watched much a bunch of the same documentaries I have. You know, yeah. Ali was surrounded by a huge entourage. Like there was maybe not having Paulie sell merch, but it, it, and again, this is perfect setup because just the moment we get here, we know what's going to happen. Yep. And there's Frank, of course. <laughs> By the way, now Rock, and that's the Leroy Neiman. Yeah. By the way, Rock, and now Sylvester Stallone, his website is all full of this stuff. Like you could buy just about everything you see here in the in this uh, scene here: the shirts, the jacket, the whole nine. I don't know how Mickey agreed to this. Yeah. Well, he loves Rocky. Barely hitting this. (laughs) 
So talk to me about this decision because Rocky is, you know, and of course we have this, this, which is great. This like solo sax type of thing. Um, but she, you know, he said like, train me one more time. And, and Mickey said, this guy will knock you tomorrow. This guy will kill you to death. And here he is still training like he's a little soft doing these kinds of things. It's not that he's, it's not that he's not staying in shape. It's more a matter of that he's playing all the stuff. He's not taking it seriously enough, you know? I mean, how often have you seen this in one way or another? Mm. First of all, not on the Rocky side. Let's just, how many people do you know that say, hey, I really want to do what you do, and then they don't put in the hours yeah, and don't yeah. really do it. But then also, it's like, you know, it's funny. We just did a, a, a short where we were talking about Marvel, and I was saying uh, that they got lucky. They don't realize how, is mm. that they got arrogant. And yeah. so when you get arrogant and you think, hey, I can't lose, then you start to do exactly what Rocky, I mean, this is, look, to be clear, this is a ridiculous level of it. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. it is. I mean, it's, that's why I mean, this is moved. This is also why we've moved into the eighties. Yeah. You know, he would not do this in the seventies film having the, you know, the orchestra behind him as he's jumping rope. But, but the other thing too, about this movie in, when you're watching Rocky, the original, you don't know where it's going to go. You really, yeah. it's, you're, it's just going where it's going here. This is telling you 100% Rocky is going to lose. Yeah. That is what this, oh, everything in this montage, yeah. you know, it's obvious unless Rocky makes a change. And this is also where, you know, you look at your watch and you go, well, he can't win, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. I used to train like. <laughs> <laughs> change it too. I used to train like uh, Clubber back in, in the 80s because I couldn't afford to, you know, be in the gym, go to the gym. Right. We couldn't, so we, we built out my our, ba our basement to have like right. a bench and some weights, but it wasn't much. But, you know, you may do. So Yeah. I mean, that's it, all. Yeah. Yeah. And I hung up like a, a punching bag. So you make do, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. We, when I was living with Jeff in Wanna Creek and when I was, you know, 19 mm. or 20, we were so terrible to the apartment down below us <laughs> because we were lifting weights and doing push-ups and jumping and kicking. And they would come up and say, can you quiet down, please? We're like, why? <laughs> we're men. We're men doing manly stuff at two in the morning or something doing push-ups, you know? But yeah, same thing. We had like three weights, you know, yeah, whatever we could fucking find. Yeah. I remember I used to put towels underneath the, um, uh, the armoire and put my feet under, and that's how I did my sit-ups. Oh yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, did you ever do a deck of cards? What's a deck of cards? A deck of cards is like you and a buddy, and whatever card you turn over, that's how many push-ups or sit-ups oh, or oh. whatever you do. No. So you know, I never worked out with a buddy. It was always just me. Yeah, well, you that's are more like you're more like Clubber. You're yeah, I Clubber. really, yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of, yeah. I love this press conference. Just the pacing. Mm. Also, it's an interesting decision to put him in lighter, light blue colors. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's, it's an interesting decision to put a guy like this in light blue colors. He's always talked about that, right? Even in room. Yeah. Was it the snow cone machine in Rocky? Four or two, right? And there he is. Yeah. We're almost at 40 minutes into the movie. Well, and I love Apollo is now taking on the role of the newscasters. Like he yeah. thought in ahead what he was going to say and how he knows how, like he knows how to play that role. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you think Rocky would have won this fight if Mickey hadn't died? No. Wow. No. Do you? I don't know. Because he's so... Like, he's so willing to overcome the odds. And what he did against Hogan in that, or Thunderlips, which yeah. is a great name, by the way. Um, he has this desire to not quit. Yes. And I wonder how much of that would have been accessed with Mickey there if a, if a clubber had gotten the best of him in certain rounds, you know? I'm, I'm going to give you, I want to answer that question, but I want to, I want to yeah. watch this scene a little bit because there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Totally. Because Mickey gets in the way. Yeah. No. That's just, I love Mickey so much, and it's just so upsetting. Yeah. So my answer to your question of, of whether or not I think he would win is he wouldn't. And it's actually, here's, here's my reason for it. Okay. Is that you, you talk about Rocky not quitting and his toughness yeah. and all that. I totally, totally agree. That is the greatness of Rocky. Yeah. But it's, but, but I, I think this is an important thing I'm about to say. It's yeah. actually Rocky not quitting in training that allows him to win the fight. It's mm-hmm. not just him not Good quitting points. in the fight. Good point. It's that when he when 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 Adrian says win in Rocky two, when you know like those moments that he just that's it's that's where you earn it, not in the yeah. ring, and he hasn't earned that here. It's a great point. Yeah, he would eventually run out, have run out of gas. Yeah, and wouldn't have been unable to. Yeah, wouldn't have been able to, to yeah. counter. Love it. <sighs> That reminds me of my dad. He always fucking, whenever I came to him, was uh, scared or crying. He would just be like, "Knock it off! Like you can do it. Get the fuck out there." Even it was his last words to me before he before he left. You know, from cancer and everything. Before I left, he said that to me. He's like, "Wow, you're gonna you're gonna be scared. You're gonna I'm not gonna be able to be there for you again. You you'll do it. You know." And and uh, wow, man. Yeah, he always, he what you know, he always just found found a way to access that, you know. Well, that's I mean, and that's what's just happened, you know. Mickey yeah. with his last bit of energy. Well, and this is why yeah. is it and is this movie cheesier than Rocky is? Yes, because it's still plucked <laughs> at my heartstrings. It yeah. totally, totally does. Yep, one hundred percent. Listen to my corner. Better knock that look up for this one. Knock it off. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I can't remember. Who, this is based on something <laughs> that actually happened, and I can't remember who. It oh, was. really? Yeah, yeah. I can't. I, I can't remember now. I think it was someone who did it to Joe Frazier. Like, oh, really? And, you know, Joe Frazier's in the first Rocky movie, but like someone did that to Joe Frazier, I think. I mean, I wouldn't fuck with Joe Frazier. <laughs> no, no doubt.
That's a it's a great line to put that there because it yeah. says his head's not in the ring. Yep. Carl Weathers is great. Oh yeah, he's so good. He he just understood this character just in his bones. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so when he says like you know it couldn't have worked without him, he's absolutely right. By the way, that is Jimmy Lennon Sr., who was a legitimately boxer, bo- uh, boxing an- uh, announcer. Mm-hmm. His son uh, went on forward and, and took over after Jimmy died. <laughs> you just made me think about the let's get ready to rumble guy. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times I wished he would go away. <laughs> buffer, yeah. His brother does it for the MMA. Uh, does yeah. he? Bruce. There's a great legendary story of Bruce getting into a fight with one of the MMA guys in an elevator. Talk about it. Talk about a look. Oh man. Yeah. I'm standing by my best supporting actor nomination. Oh, hundred percent. I think you're 100% right. Also goes best little whorehouse in Texas. Not that good of a movie. No, <laughs> I mean, has what? anyone talked about that movie today? No, no, except for Dolly. Look, what I love he, Dolly. What he says there, I see the look in his eyes. Yeah. You know, I have the tiger, man. You know when you know, man. This is a great swerve, right? Because you're like, oh, wow, he's like really on it. But you also hear Mickey's words in your head saying you can't go toe-to-toe with this guy. Yeah, right. Because the guy can sustain an incredible amount of punishment. (coughs) Defense? Rocky's never had defense. What are you talking about? Have you watched any of these movies, Paulie? Paulie's the worst guy to have in your corner situation like this. Oof. God. <laughs> Nobody throws punches like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's serious, at least. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I think this was one of the unrecognized heroes of these films is the sound design, man. I agree. Right? Like when... Indiana's punching people. We know that it's yeah, a baseball yeah. bat in a bunch of leather jackets. And, and so when you see something like this, you're like, oh, this is so perfect in the sounds. This is also in some strange way, too, for anybody who's you know listening to us. And like, he's in a codependent relationship with Mick. Like, yeah, he depended. He's like developed a situation where like without him, he thinks he can't win. And this whole film is about him finding his own voice and being able to stand on his own. And yes, of course with Adrian, but he's got to be able to do this on his own, you know, confront his fears. I think that's a great point. I'd never thought about for because the, because yes, Apollo trains him yeah. next, but he doesn't, but he, it's like, he learns from Apollo. Like you learn from a peer. It's not a father right. figure anymore. It's, it's, it's contemporary as opposed to, yeah, a, yeah right. Exactly. For sure. But and it's also I think this is so smart too the way they stage this because Apollo is there watching it happen. Yeah. So he knows like he know he sees Clubber's style. He sees how Rocky was missing this one thing. And I bet there's a piece of him that goes, "This guy beat me. 
You know, this is the guy that beat me. No, I, I don't think even in 1982, <laughs> the referees would let this continue. No moment. <laughs> He's just standing there with his arms down. Trying to kill him. <laughs> Although, I mean, to be fair, if you go back and look at how many boxing deaths happened in the 1980s, there were, mm-hmm. but that's because we had 15 rounds. Yeah. Like the very famous uh, boom, boom, Mancini killing, killing uh, Randall Duck Kim. So, A, I love the, yes, the, these tragic tragedies. The, I love the intercutting with pulling the mask off yeah. of Mickey and the moment he loses. The other thing I think is really important is that we opened with Rocky being down yeah. and using everything he can to get up before that 10. And here at eight or nine, he's clearly, his eyes are open. Yeah. And he yeah. chooses to stay down. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yes. Yes. I mean, because remember, he wanted to retire. Yeah. But he took this fight because he because of being insulted in a public place. And I think what's also fascinating is to, we've never seen a Rocky like this who's so out of it and you know, yeah. looking like with looking like he's scared and whipping around like that, uh, you know, all messed yeah. up. We've never seen that kind of Rocky. So. I mean, even even losing to spider rico or whatever like that yeah. rocky was never scared yes yes or did he beat spider rico he might have beat him he, he, beat the first he beat him yeah that spider rico broke his nose i don't understand why they took the mask off him when he's not yet dead i think like, he pushed it off oh oh maybe you're right yeah 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 Adrian saying he didn't want to go to the hospital until Rocky came back. I like this too. Mm, this is beautiful. Yeah. I went crying so hard the first time I watched this movie. It's a perfect lie too, because he's telling him the truth. Yeah. Knowing that Mickey will take it the wrong way, the wrong way. You know? Yeah. This is great by uh, Burgess Meredith, too. Yeah. The tear coming down his face. Oh. Let me ask you about this moment. He looks at Rocky's face. Do you think he knows that Rocky lied to him? Yeah. Yeah. I like, by the way, the line, we did everything right. I did everything right. Yeah. Because Rocky's the culmination of his career that was yeah. pretty sad. You know, yeah. Rocky proves that he was, his life had meaning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stallone's great too. Oh God, this, this is incredible. I like that they go to everybody in the locker room. You know, it's important. Everybody has a reaction to this. It's, it's, it totally works, man. And I'm going to say it, that this is, I'm going to stand by that. I think this is, if not the best, one of the top three movie series period in terms of consistency. Oh yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. 
So Steve, talk to me about this, where he's being, is this uh, like, is this the, like, is this a, Jew, a Jewish mausoleum, I guess? Yeah. Can I ask you that? Yeah. So, so I, I uh, was, I love finding out, this is where I found out, oh, Mickey's Jewish. And mm-hmm. as a Jewish kid, that made me feel great that Mickey was Jewish. Um, yeah. This is very much what, like where my dad is, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they're making him say the schma, but you know. Yeah, what is this? Can you explain what this is? What is that? The is the Shema is the, it is like the most important prayer. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a statement. It is hero Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Mm-hmm. It is the sort of central prayer of Judaism. I would say. Oh, interesting. Well, um, I did not know that. And you're saying they don't normally have you say well, it. Well, just, I mean, no, we, you would all rise and say it. Mm. Like, it's something that you would say together as a congregation. It's, it's said multiple times in different ways. But like the fact that they singled out the Italian guy and said, you say it, <laughs> it seems weird to me. Because uh, it's wrong. Um, you say it. But it's, it's a totally, totally unimportant point. <laughs> yes. This is such an interesting decision, right? Because, I mean, we've seen... And this is smart. We've seen him living in the lap of luxury, but now that he's lost Mickey, he's gone all the way back down. So we're seeing these like scenes of um, these urban um, blights, uh, you know, and all this behind him and urban decay. And so he's, this is where he's at reflecting who he is, you know, reflecting where he is emotionally. Yep. You know what I think is like, there's a, there's a sense that Rocky to succeed has to be who he is. And he yes. can grow within that, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. can't be somebody else, right. you know? And right. so he, of course he has to go back to the roots. You always go back, go back to the roots, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. And he does in Rocky four, he does, you know, yeah. like that's in one way or another, he can't live the high life and still be Rocky. Right. The roots, a good Philadelphia band as well. So there you go. There you go. Go back to the roots. Fantastic band. I shall proceed and continue to rock the mic. Always <laughs> <laughs> but the hatred he has i think this is great too you know because he almost sees that as this fake thing you know that it yeah, was he bought into it right right you know yeah well and it's like that's why i say it's like it's the it's the training the not quitting in the training that makes rocky i mean obviously it's not quitting in the ring too yeah but like and that's what this movie is going to be about because this movie is all about him trying to quit in the training yeah. You know, it's surprising. I like, oh, go ahead. No, sorry, Steve. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it surprises me how long it takes to get to that training. It's much further than I thought. Oh yeah. 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 The character beats are here that, that are just so essential, you know, for, to have you connect and care about it. And I love the score, Bill Conti again. Yeah. The beautiful score he puts on all these films, but you know, this is Rocky confronting these things that I think is so important for him to confront is he's down in this lower area. As you said, going back to his roots, going back to mighty mix gym and all of that, where it all started, the first yep. rocket movie and everything. So yeah, feeling that connection to it. Grieving. I was saying to my son recently, as you try to, you know, dad, your kids, <laughs> and he struggles with things, you know, struggles with things that are hard. Yeah. And I'd said, well, sometimes when you get through the thing that's hard and you accomplish it, you can feel really good. And he was like, well, I never do. I'm like, oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, 
Well, maybe it's a generational thing, Steve. It is. It is. The, he's scrolling through TikTok. You don't have to. You don't have to struggle through a thing. There's another another thing to give you a little bit of dopamine rush, and then another one. I guess so. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to raise a kid nowadays. I envy. I don't envy you guys at all. I don't know how to do it. I'm doing <laughs> the best I can. This is so prescient, you know? We didn't know athletes were having these kinds of conversations, yeah. right? This idea of it's quiet, retiring, you know? It wasn't until later that, like, people like Jordan kept coming back or Brett Favre kept coming back or all these athletes. Or, of course, Muhammad Ali, how many times did he yeah. come back? And it's true. Now athletes talk about it more openly, how they miss the camaraderie of the locker room. They miss the fans cheering for them in the stadiums. It's a hard thing to turn on. I mean, it's think about it. Like mm. for most athlete careers, they're done in their twenties. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The great careers, maybe you're done in your thirties. Yeah. I'm fifty-five. That was twenty years ago. You right. know, yeah. like it's going like it's over then. Yeah, that's why I think athletes nowadays are really smart and having multiple revenue streams, so they can you know yeah. they can plan for life after they're done. You know, they go into broadcasting or go into. Um, you know, pushing um, merchandise or going to ads or whatever, working for companies like all of it, they can put it all together now or becoming like Apollo, becoming trainers or coaches, you know, what's, what's so great. And I'm so glad we're doing this for Carl Weathers is that mm. Stallone knew I can hand you this and you're going to pull it off. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. he's got to make, I mean, the, what Apollo has to do in the scene yeah. and be the motivator there's so much here. Yeah. And in a way it's like both of them. You got me curious, Rod. Like, you know, they're both having to work something out here. They both want something from this relationship. And this mountain is the mountain they have to climb. The mountain that is called Clubber Lang for both of them. Right. right. It's great. Yeah. That won't be big. <laughs> Again, I can't stress this enough. This is before Mike Tyson. Yeah. Tyson said all this kinds of stuff, just like this in interviews. And I wonder if maybe some of that was influenced by this movie, because ugh, people always want to tell you your time has passed and then you're finished. Yeah. <laughs> what favor? I mean, I love that it's showing. Look at these gold statues, all this yeah. luxury just before he leaves. Apollo's <laughs> <laughs> like, let's fucking go already. Go. <laughs> oh.
know what else I think? I don't think without Rocky three, I don't think there's Creed. Oh yeah. No, hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because we always, because we get to know Creed's trainers. Yeah. Right. Duke. We're about to go. And then of course, Duke's son is who trains Creed. So I love this. this is more like the eighties R and B version of take it back. Uh, mm. Yeah. And I like the LA to the, to Philly yeah. contrast, you know? Yeah. This is downtown people. This ain't just so we're clear. This is LA downtown. This ain't no, you know, it ain't all fucking movie stars walking around and shit. This is, there are some pretty tough areas of LA. The old Hotel Lorraine. <laughs> All kinds of sandwiches. Why is Polly asking what they're doing in LA? I mean, wasn't he on the plane? I mean, he knew they were going to LA. <laughs> How did we get here? I had a bourbon in Philly and suddenly I'm in Los Angeles. See, like Mr. T, like B.A. Baracus, they have to drug him to get him on the plane. Wow. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I love the A team so much in that era. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like right when I was done watching Dukes of Hazard, I'd start watching the A Team. Eighties was fantastic time. Those were a good time, man. Oh, Dukes of Hazard does not age well. <laughs> Neither does John Schneider. Oh yeah. I I love that Polly, who only briefly was living in the lap of luxury, has yeah. the most problem with going back here. Of course, yeah, of course. Rocky and Adrian, it doesn't matter. Plus, you get. Like there, of course, you get hints of Polly's racism here too. Oh yeah, Let's see. But this is just like Mighty Mix, you know. Yeah, right. Just the black version. that's a lot of good i don't know if these guys were just getting paid as extras or what but they're doing a great job yeah all these looks Mm. well you know there's a lot of boxing gyms in la yeah Mentally, don't get mentally irregular. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason why Apollo should have any tolerance whatsoever for Paul. <laughs> I agree. You know? I agree. You know what we were talking about about Maury in Goodfellas and just yeah. barking at people you shouldn't bark at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely Polly. I love Tony Burton, man. Such a yeah. great energy on on the set, not on the in the film.
I love that. That's that is that is Archie Bunker level brilliant yeah. racist you know comedy stuff. Yeah. What I do to them? See now they're done. Eye of the Tigerine, and now they're happy right. to meet him. Yeah. But again, the training is not going to go well. No. Because he's not there yet, right? Just the, and that's been the standard thing with the Rocky films, right? Just to get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Rocky Fort's Adrian not believing in him and him having to go out into the Russian wilderness to train himself. Do you remember the beautiful descriptions of boxing in Million Dollar Baby about the shifting your feet and all mm. the little, all those little details? Yeah. I mean, to be a very successful older fighter and then to have to learn an entirely new way to fight. Well, but he he learned how to fight right-handed in the last yeah, yeah. match, you know? But that's what makes him so great as a fighter is that he's adaptable. No matter how much Paulie thinks. Great but that's why he's essential, Paulie, because he's, he's that naysayer. You need to have the naysayer to motivate you. At least I do. No, you don't. You're wrong. <laughs> What? How dare you? Now I'm even more motivated. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think we need, I mean, we definitely need both. That's why I always like, you know, we need, we need Vince Lombardi's and we need, you know, mother Teresa's. We need people that are going to, sometimes you need someone to say, Hey, you're great. And you're, don't worry and pick you back up. And some people you need to say, get the fuck up. What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. You know, he needs to sleep with newspapers. He could afford a bed sheet for God's sakes. What the fuck? (laughs) Well, it's hot though. I don't know what a sterno bum is. <laughs> I'm glad that we had the subtitles on for that line. <laughs> no, that line. <laughs> yes, Paulie, tell the people who have no class. Yeah. So it's the opposite strategy of Mickey. Mm-hmm. Because my, Mickey is about was about defending him, yeah. right? Preserving. Mm. Apollo is about winning the fight. Who do you think is a better boxing tactician, Apollo Creed or Mickey? I think it's tough because Apollo only had one fight to prove it. And so mm. it's for this particular fighter, Apollo clearly had the better strategy. I I think, and maybe this is just for himself, mm. there was a moment in, there was a Michael Jordan, not the recent documentary, but there was like an IMAX of him. Mm. And I remember him a quote from him saying, you know, like, at, and it was at that point that I realized I had mastered the game of basketball. And I remember having a reaction to it, like, no, we never master anything. You know, you can't, ma-. and then I went, fucking Michael Jordan. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> respect. Yeah. And I, I think Apollo Creed, from what I know, but I think he has mastered boxing in a lot of ways, you know, in a way yeah. Mickey, Mickey hadn't, you know. Yeah, if he, right. Well, right. Because Mickey is from the old school and yeah. Apollo had mastered the new school. You, I think you can make that case for sure. And if Apollo, Apollo hadn't died, he would have had a very long career, just like uh, um, Duke. Well, in my, my sense, Apollo, you know, how long had he been champion before he came up against Rocky? Right. Seven, eight years, probably yeah. 10 years. A long time. He had been champion a long time. Yeah.
That's so believable. Yeah. And he's in incredible shape, by the way. Yeah, he's awesome. You know, Carl Weathers, incredible guy, always learning, always changing, always evolving, yeah. you know, working, hanging in there, doing different things, becoming a director himself. You know, it's yep. just incredible. Yeah, it's so I mean, I know he like died in his sleep, I think. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's a way to go isn't so bad, but I want to go. Yeah, mid 70s. I mean, yeah, I'm good. I'm good at mid 70s. You can replace me <laughs> at 76. But I don't know. We're still going to have like thousands of movies left to do. <laughs> they just keep making them, Steve. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sons of bitches. John, there is no tomorrow. It's like the, it's like, oh God, I love that. This is, I know this is, you've talked about, I don't know how many times do you talk about this scene? This, well, after this, yeah, after the, yeah, race. after, mm-hmm. but before we get to a beautiful scene between Adrian and Rocky, yeah. Yeah. the half shirt. <laughs> <laughs> this was a thing in the eighties, Steve. You know, the half shirt. Oh, I know. Did you ever wear one? No, I never had abs to be able to pull something yeah, like that. I, I never wore one. No. Even when I came out of the military at, uh, uh, 195 pounds. I never wore a half in my, in my best shape in my life. There are a couple of times where I've been in great shape. Yeah. Never had abs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It would be scary for me to even consider that as a possibility. And this is Santa Monica Pier, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So this That's is a great shot. Sorry, go ahead. Please. No, it's just that shot of the close up shots really good. Mm. I just, again, I, the thing I, I did mention earlier when he Rocky's in front of the statue, I love that there, throughout this whole series of films, there is this human darkness. Yeah. Like, it's not just him being a hero. It's him really confronting some of the darkest things in his life. Like, this is PTSD. This is trauma. Yeah. He is reliving the trauma of the physical beating he endured in that ring that was so brutal. That's linked to the death of his father figure. The, right. Linked to the death. Right. You know. And so... He has to overcome it. He has to find his way out of it, you know, in order, to, just like with uh, Rocky too, like Adrian had to bless him going for this. Yeah. He wouldn't have been able to do it without her. And here in this moment, it's her again, but it's an even deeper hole that she has to get him to climb out of. Well, and this is what, you know, we talked about it with the Marvel movies. We talked about it with all these things is that mm-hmm. it's at the core, it's character. Yeah, It's not the fight. The fights are great, and we're going to get to the fights, but that's not what the Rocky movies are about. That's not what we come to movies for. We come to movies to see people dealing with character conflict, internal conflict. That's what we're here for. Right, you and know? The, re- the reason Apollo can't understand this is because Apollo has always been driven. Yeah. Whereas Rocky is driven by emotion. Rocky is driven by feeling, uh, by, by these things that are different, right? He has to be, he has to believe in it in order to yeah. invest all of himself in it. And in a way, I connect to that because I kind of am the same way, you know? And so right. it's this, that's why I love this scene, you know? This is the greatest scene in, in all the Rocky movies. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. This is the greatest written scene and most emotional scene and, and perfectly d- delivered by both of them. And this also the first time Adrian's standing up for herself with him and like getting him yeah. to do stuff, which she's never really done. She's barely spoken in this movie. Yeah. To this point. True. And she's grown from where she was in Rocky two and Rocky one. Exactly. 
Yeah. That's why I thought it was sad that they killed her off instead of them having like, you know, a final back and forth or whatever. I think that's a key factor mm-hmm. in him. It's not just the fight and it's not just Mickey's death. Yeah. It's the betrayal. He senses yeah. the betrayal. Yeah. Well, and everything that made him feel good about himself, he can't feel good about anymore. Right. Cause it's a lie. And he yeah. thinks it's a lie. Yeah. From nothing. Yeah. That's the line. She pushes through yeah. these walls. He he puts up all these walls. It's great psychological stuff. Yeah. Can't be replaced. That's it. That's a, that's a big leap psychologically. But it, he, he wants to take it on because it keeps him where he's at. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. This is a great line. Yeah. Everyone's through chanting your name. I can only imagine what women who were wives of athletes thought hearing her say these things that I bet they've said to their husbands, you know, like you got to come to terms with this stuff. Because you tear our family apart trying to chase it back again, chase it down again. Uh, absolutely, and I wonder Talia Shire reading the script, going, "I don't have any fucking lines," you know, <laughs> and then going like, "All right, it's cool. I'll do this. I'll, I'll do, do this." Yeah, yeah. Lose with no excuses is great. Yeah, that that I really, I'm not going to say I don't care about losing. I don't like to lose, mm. but I really hate when I did when I blew it. When I didn't try hard enough. I yeah. I mean, you know, when, when that final match I had against Dan, I didn't train as hard as I usually trained and I got TKO'd and that has haunted me ever since. And it's stupid. It's a stupid movie trivia match, but it's what it symbolized to me is that I let myself down when I could have done better. And there's no chance to avenge that. So it is a tough thing to, to accept when you have given your full best. And, and what, what would Adrian tell you? 
I mean, she I would go fight again. No, what would she? I don't know what she would say. Well, she would say wasn't. I mean, you did train. You know, we. I remember we talked about this before. Like, like you, it so was. Awesome. It was a game of inches you were in. Game of inches. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. So for me, I love that scene too. Is, yeah. is it the greatest scene in the Rocky films? It is not, in my opinion. <laughs> the greatest scene is Mickey coming up those stairs to see Rocky and Rocky. Oh, well, yeah, that's a good scene. I agree. Um, I still don't think it's the best, but I agree that that's one contention for sure. Um, there's so many. But but yeah, this this is why this... Oh, now he's... Well, this after. How about this after? Come on now. Uh, um, not a great butterfly. <laughs> Do you know that my dad swam butterfly in high oh, school? I did not know that. Yeah, he was apparently won some won some big races in San Francisco. Wow. Yeah, he used to swim better. I'd watch him do it when I was a kid. Butterfly is impressive. It's a tough. It's, it's a full body stroke, man. Yeah. yeah. Look at, all, look, at oh, look at Stallone's moves. Look at him. It's like he he could do it all along. <laughs> you know, we talked about Tom Cruise being the greatest runner on film. <laughs> Stallone is not. No. Look at Tony Burton. He said, well, we're taking our shirts off. I'll take my shirt. I'm going to show off here. I love jumping rope, by the way. It's one of the things I miss about doing CrossFit. I used oh, to jump rope. Exhausting. I only did it for a little while. It really? would wipe you out. Yeah, I didn't oh. do a lot of jumping rope. I could never get the double unders where you, you mm. know, jump up and do it twice. I've never been able to do that. But like regular jump rope, oh, I fucking loved it. My assumption is that Carl Weathers would could destroy Stallone in a sprint. Oh, yeah, right. And my assumption is that Apollo knew he was ready and let mm. him win. That's, That's probably what true. Mean. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that a guy who played for the Raiders, I yeah. think he was a safety too. Yeah. Against a you know, five, six, five, seven hour tall Stallone is could would lose in a foot race. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Ah, the montages. (laughs) The 80s montages were the best. You can even see Carl Weather slowing down. (laughs) He's not even trying that hard. He isn't. (laughs) And Mr. Lone's like trying with all he's got. Yeah. And we can see who's covered in sweat and who isn't, right? That's the difference there. A little, I, I'm going to say ridiculous slow-mo. Yeah, it's a, little too, yeah it's a little too. Slot. Yeah. Shouldn't have done it in slow motion, this one, I don't think. I mean, but this is the 80s in Rocky, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. I really want to show Rocky to my kid. I don't know how he'll re- respond. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I think that was like the volleyball scene in Top Gun. <laughs> a little bit. Stu Nahan. Yes, sir. He's so good as the announcer here. This is great. Stu and then comes to Nahan. Damn. 
Now, do you think it's a default to the movie that we never saw Clubber training? Or had to focus on him? I never thought about it before. And because I never thought about it, I don't think it's a problem. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a thing about, and I mean that sincerely, is like part of editing and how you put a movie together is going, what do I want to see? Right. There's not, what do I need to know about Clubber and his training? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the only thing is like, yeah, if he's training hard, which I I would want to show him. Right. I already know that he trains hard. I don't need to know anything about Clubber at this moment. True. That's my feeling. That's a good point, yeah, because we saw a lot of him training at the beginning of the movie, so we know yeah. how he trains. Um, and and you want to keep that him, in my mind, you know? Right. And if you saw him training less hard, then it might take away the victory from Rocky, that he didn't beat him at his best, you know? Got to give a moment for your prediction and looking into the camera and saying, pain. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you know what else? Clubber is a perfect trans transition into Ivan Drago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Someone who's more powerful than Clubber and can go longer. Well, and more of a cartoon character, you know? Mm. Like, yes, Ivan Drago is more of a cartoon character than Clubber Lang, mm. in my opinion. <laughs> Come on. I can't agree with you. I mean, look, look at Dolph Lundgren. He's like out of a comic book. Yeah. Whatever he hits, he destroys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he represents the Cold War in the Soviet Union. Exactly. I'm standing by my point. <laughs> what favor? Wow, does Apollo even tolerate Polly a little bit? I mean, yeah. yeah. Polly came I mean, around as well. If they could change, if we could change, everyone could change. Sorry, wrong movie. <laughs> the, the tautness of his body. This is a weird thing to say. No one said that, okay? <laughs> no one said that. How could he's wearing a robe? How can you tell his body is taut? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Being 20 pounds lighter when you're fighting a 230-pound guy is not necessarily a good thing. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't have a lot, he doesn't have a lot of boxing. Not a lot of skill. There you go. You see the difference? Like the light blue. Yeah. The light blue is in the first fight and now he's in all black you know mm-hmm. there's this and it's a little bit of subtlety here from uh, stallone like stallone's in a white robe clubber's in a black robe you know the, yeah. the traditional white you know kind of good guy in white black guy uh, bad guy in black you know <laughs> damn Now, I would argue that Clubber does this on purpose. This is mental games that Clubber is playing. Of course it is. Like, absolutely. uh, Rocky at the top of the stairs and yelling at him, calling paper champion. And here, confronting him here in the ring in this way and pushing Apollo. This is all to get in Rocky's head. 
Absolutely. All the way back to going to the statue thing, he yes. knew ahead of time he was going to come after Adrian. Right. It was all, I think it's all a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And well, too many people don't give Clever the credit he deserves as a, as a mental, um, uh, mental warrior as a boxer as well. I'm not going to say that it's all an act, but it oh, is no. an act. it's not all an act, he knows but it is an act. He's yeah. doing it. He's doing this on purpose. He's created this character. I mean, honestly, this is the other side of Muhammad Ali. We see when we say Apollo yeah. Creed is Muhammad yeah, Ali, yeah. Right. but uh, but Ali's showing up at Sonny Liston's train camp yeah. or calling um, uh, Joe Frazier a gorilla. Yeah, like that's the Clubber Lang stuff. He liked to get in people's heads. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the uglier side of Ali that people. Oh yeah, uh, stress too much because there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of things he said to certain boxers in certain ways. There are a lot of things he presented himself to be that he wasn't one hundred percent that thing, and so people don't like to mention it because he's such a hero. But yeah, no, there's there some unsavory things to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with Fraser, because like the Fraser, Fraser was terrible. Fraser helped him out when the military and mm -hmm. the United States turned on him, gave him money. He did all those things, you know. But those three fights. Those are some of the <sighs> legendary, bro. unbelievable. I remember watching the thrill in Manila with my dad. That was like one of the first boxing fights I ever watched on, what is it? Closed circuit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bull. He's legitimately a bull. Very similar to how he started the first fight. Well, right except he's, th he's throwing jabs and straight lefts rather right. than uh, hooks. Right. Things to keep him at a distance and unsettle I mean, his rhythm. Yeah. I don't know how many jabs Rocky has thrown in the previous two movies. <laughs> not a lot of them. That's true. Again, the sound design, how he whips around and yeah. misses that punch. It sounds like a, a turbine. Yeah, there's no defense in these films. <laughs> defense. Rocky's not about defense. None of the Rocky movies have defense. <laughs> well, none of the opponents are either. Floyd Mayweather. No, nobody does. Nobody, yeah. nobody just like put your hands up. Like just put your hands in front of your face. <laughs> Those kidney punches can take their toll. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because you could argue that Creed had to train him to fight like a black fighter to counter a black fighter like Clubber uh, Lang, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think certainly, well, again, we're about to go into Raging Bull and the yeah, difference yeah, yeah. between Sugar Ray Robinson and Jake LaMotta, right, right. you know, is is the boxer versus the brawler. Right. Um, <laughs> the, oh, I love this. It's so funny because I, I, I don't think it was planned out from when he made Rocky when he made Rocky he was just making Rocky but if you think about yeah. the story of the legendary athlete mm -hmm. you know the first big loss then then toughing it out and winning the second time then getting just destroyed learning a new style 
then going off to end the, end the Cold War. I mean, yeah. this is the perfect story of the, true. of the greatest athlete of all time, you know? <laughs> but it, 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 again, it has shades in Ali. You know, when Ali yeah. got older, the rope-a-dope that he pulled on Foreman, no one saw that coming. Yeah. You know, we, we, t- we covered that documentary. One of the first movies we did was that it's documentary. Like our second or third movie. Yeah, when we were kings. And so, yeah, how Ali completely changed his style after teasing that he would dance in the ring with Foreman. I wonder, I wonder if they were thinking about that. I hadn't thought about it until you just said it, but I wonder mm. if Stallone was thinking about that for them. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, love, love the throwback into the corner. <laughs> yeah, that's so 80s. It would never happen. Never. Well, it's particularly sort of good post-Thunderlips scene, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. God, he's so intimidating at this age. He was just in a Super Bowl commercial. Mr. Oh, was he? all old and skinny now. Still got the voicemail. Still great for doing that. Yeah. He was doing a, an ad for Skechers, for God's sakes. Uh, yeah, you got to make you got to make the money, man. Yep. And when you're old, Skechers yeah. come in handy. <laughs> I'm still holding on to my Nikes till the end. Again, nobody puts their hands up in a Rocky movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like. It's another, it's a great fall though. The, the, it, it, you know, look, people can't take this many punches. <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody does. No. Like you, you watch Ali with the rope dope Yeah. He's, he's taking him on his arms, on his elbows. He's they're great. You know, it's like, yes, not just taking him. He knows exactly where to take those punches on his body. It's a good knockdown. Hey, he's got his hands up, though. Yeah. I think the defense is when you start to get angry. When you're putting up the defense, that's what gets you angry. That's what he needed. There it is. Yeah. That street kid from Philly. That's what he needed to find again. gassed yeah Be- when you get gassed i mean i've not done oh. serious boxing but i've done a lot of sparring back in the day oh, yeah. when you get gassed just keeping your hands up yeah every and and like try and you suddenly like everything and it's just throwing that hard punch and you then you're exhausted and you're telegraphing and yeah uh it's brutal particularly if you've taken a few shots in the body oh yeah well, I've, I've never been in a physical like a consistent physical type of thing like you have in, in your training and stuff. But like, I know with CrossFit, when you would do some of those workouts yeah, just to get to the end, I mean, there's been a few of those where I literally just laid on the ground for 10, 15 minutes. Cause I couldn't lift any body part of mine after it was done. You know, some of those yeah. workouts are quite brutal. The, the first dojo oh. I trained in like around 18. Yeah. Sensei came out with a bucket and said, this is a bucket class which is someone was going to throw up. That was the, <laughs> and no one, no one actually did in that time, but, but it was like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> this is where you throw up all yeah. of you. And don't you clean up after the other one either. <laughs> I love it. They were thinking, you know what? They, he was thinking about the rope dope. Yeah. Look at the way he's doing it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What he did to Foreman. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a, that's a whole thing. Ali was talking to him the whole time, remember? Yep. Yeah. You can't break glass. My grandmother hits harder than you. But you notice he's taking all the punches on his it's hands actual, or arms. Yeah. Actual defense. Yes. <laughs> this is a great score, too. Now you got the crowd. Yeah. Mm. 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 When you load up a punch and miss, it just it tires you out so much. I mean, just the sound is like, you know, yeah. sounds like it's, he's exploding concrete with every punch. Now he's doing that, that's jabbing to the side. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big you are. You get gassed, you can't swing. And in fact, the bigger you are, the quicker you get gassed, oh, yeah. the harder it is to lift your arms and stuff because you are so big and muscular. That's what my concern is, you know, with The Rock coming back to wrestling mm. for a few matches. I mean, when he fought 10 years ago, he pulled muscles off of his ribs in the fight wow. with John Cena. And now he wants to fight, you know, these other guys who are much more younger and in their prime. And he is, you know, he lifts a lot of weights. He certainly looks great. But, yeah. you know, you fear him getting in the ring. There's some serious injuries that can happen. It's funny. I have only know what I know from following you on Twitter, you know, mm. obviously. But it sounds like this is an exciting time. Yeah, to be in pro wrestling right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's why I'm considering bringing back the show on my channel because it's like, where Seem people are talking about it again. It's it seems to me like a like a real wrestling moment to me. Yeah, just from the outside. Yeah, and it's going to get even bigger as we head into WrestleMania and then into next year with Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that you've established the freeze frame ending because you go like oh i don't have to oh no the of course you got to wrap it up no it's just said something dumb <laughs> I just put this out of my brain, even though I've been watching them say favor the whole time. <laughs> so first of all, yeah, they look like they've been oiled up. Yeah, of course. It's been sweaty. Second, they have the red and yellow, these things they're yeah. wearing. <laughs> and third. Yeah. Did you, this seems very dangerous. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Very dangerous. Especially because you're the heavyweight champion of the world again. Why would you fight an unsanctioned fight against a guy who clearly just taught you everything you know, or sorry, added more skills to what you have, and then 
who wants that revenge for having well, lost. And there's know? no doctor here. Like these guys no. could kill each other, you know? Right. I may steal Dan in the middle of the night one night and go like, we're going to do this match one more time. All right. With it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> no referees. Nothing. And I think it's actually a great idea. <laughs> I love that. It's too bad. We got to get old. Let's keep punching Apollo. There's such a confidence to his yeah. work as, as Apollo. There's such a free-flowing confidence. Oh, yeah. That's so great. <laughs> I love that they, they have this friendship now. I, yeah. I love it. It's a great friendship. Right. And it's smart because I'm in it. Maybe even Stallone was thinking this. If this film was a success, I've laid the groundwork for Rocky Four. And that they have this friendship so that Rocky is now the one who's in his corner paying him back for, um, you know, him helping him through Rocky three. Yep. So by having, and having this moment and all of this and, um, and their connection. So yeah, it's great. I thoroughly enjoy Rocky three. Yes. Top to bottom. It went by fast. Yeah. You know, and dude, great back and forths between us on this. Uh, there's a lot that, your points of views, I was really uh, like, um, not, I don't want to say impressed by, cause you always drop great nuggets. I mean, more like, uh, I was, I learned a lot from having the conversation back. Then. Same here. Well, I hadn't thought about, I hadn't thought about the rumble in the jungle. There are a whole bunch yeah. of things that you brought up that I hadn't thought about. Plus, I mean, honestly, you know, the, the Mickey stuff and the father figure yeah. and the, you know, like the, the stuff still works. Well, it's funny too. Like we've done a bunch of watch alongs and sometimes we've done a watch along that one of us hadn't seen or hadn't seen in a long time. And so, this is a movie I actually knew pretty well. Yeah. Know? And it's just a different experience because I know what's, you know, I, I understand it better. Whereas we're doing big daddy. Well, I don't know that movie at all. So, so I'm just experiencing it as I'm experiencing it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And there was a lot to like, there were a lot of these moments that strung together a, a lot more as we talked about the symbolism or the, the reasons for why certain things are happening at certain moments in the movie. And, certain shots that Stallone is mm -hmm. using to um, lay the groundwork for you subconsciously uh, about what's happening um, for him emotionally as a character, uh, 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 Rocky in these, uh, in certain scenes. So, yeah. Well, I think, you know, will I put Sylvester Stallone as one of the greatest screenwriters or one of the greatest directors in the history of Hollywood? I wouldn't, but he knew how to make Rocky. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like he, yeah. he, this was in his soul. Rocky is deep in his soul and Rambo too. Rambo. Like he knew how to do that. He understood. I mean, like the way those montages were set up, the way Mickey yep. is set up and his health is set up, the way those fights that were not setups, but were they, right. the way that stuff was all handled, the relationship with Adrian, Carl Weathers is Paul's, it all was handled really, really, really well. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, mixing in the, um, real life aspects of an athlete in a situation like this with the dramatic aspects of a movie and the expectations of the dramatic beats in a movie does a nice job of weaving, weaving them both in, you know, the idea of Mickey dying makes so much sense because that final barrier has to be removed yep. for him to go to the next level. And there has to be, it's almost like a video game. There has to be someone who comes along that trains him how to do better on this level of life. Mm. and embrace who he is more and mix in um, both uh, sides of himself a lot more better and have him 
have a different voice, a stronger voice as he moves into this stage of his life. So all of it playing throughout as you're watching the movie, you know? You know what you know what else occurred to me watching this because mm. we're talking about Carl Weathers? Yeah. He might be very high on the list of people that absolutely had the ability and didn't have the opportunity to be the movie star they could have been. Carl Weathers yeah. is a movie star. You 100%, know? 100%. They only give him one stab with Action Jackson, but certainly deserved more for sure. I 100% think so. All right. Steve, what do we say here to end this uh, in this uh, watch along? Well, we, first of all, we want to thank all of our patrons for supporting the show. It is absolutely necessary for the cinephiles to keep going. You are what keeps the show on the air. We love doing these watch alongs. And I think uh, we'd love to hear some of your suggestions of other films that you'd want to hear us do watch alongs for. 100%. 100%. I echo Steve's words uh, as well. And we thank you madly for being patrons. We thank you so much for supporting everything we do. And, uh, you know, again, we wouldn't have a show without you all. And I think you can tell both of us uh, absolutely love you all and, and appreciate your support of our show. It helps us to keep doing it and have fun doing it as well and coming up with new and interesting ways to give you all the content that you deserve for the support you give us here every month on The Cinephile. So for my partner, Steve Morris, I'm the outlaw, John Roca. This has been the Rocky Three Watch Along in honor of the great, late, great Carl Weathers. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new watch along here on The Cinephiles.